The text for this uh, morning is from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Access family, it's, um, it's a delight for us to welcome our guest speaker this morning. It, um, it is Stephen Bjorland, the lead pastor of Portland Covenant Church. Um, those of us that still remember it as Irvington are still doing that little mental work of translation every time we say it out loud, but it's getting easier. Um, Portland Cub is one of the first intentionally multi-ethnic churches in both in our city and in our denomination, the Evangelical Covenant. Stephen has been a pastor in a number of places. He served a variety of congregations. His passion um, is around issues of diversity, race, and justice. Um, he is the founder of this, I did not know, of an organization called On Us to help white people on their journey toward racial awareness. Um, please joyfully welcome with your um, your Zoom call, hand, hand clapping, um, Pastor Stephen. Welcome, Pastor Stephen. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, church. Uh, my name, again, she said it, is Stephen Bjorland, and it is a privilege and an honor to be here with all of you this morning. I first want to thank Pastor Joel Summer for the invitation to speak. Pastor Joel has been not only a colleague to me, but a dear friend, and I am so grateful for his presence in my life. I also want to give a shout out. My girlfriend is visiting with me today, so if you have a moment, make sure you introduce yourself to Naki, uh, a.k.a. Nakalema Boya. Uh, I also thought I would say hello to some friends who have visited us here at Portland Covenant through the years. Uh, Sister Sabrina Summer was able to serve on our panel for a conversation on race, faith, and mental health back in February. And so hello to you. Uh, I don't know if she's here this morning. Special hello to Sister Andrea Emerson, who joined us as a guest speaker in the past. And a special shout out to all the middle schoolers who joined me and some of the students at my church at Thunder Middle School retreat last year, where I got zero sleep. Hallelujah. And I, of course, bring you greetings from the leadership and congregants of Portland Covenant Church. We all consider a gift to have another church with similar values in our city and viewed as a special treat whenever we get to come together for Christmas Sunday or Thanksgiving and pie. Amen. <laughs> With all that said, today is the second week of Advent, and I'm just praying, church, that my sermon today would be of some service to you 
as we wait and long for the coming of Christ together. Amen. With that all said, church, wherever you're at, if your screen is off or on, would you just bow your heads, close your eyes and pray with me? Creator God, we thank you for this season and all that it holds for us as a church. During this season, God, would you create in us a longing for your presence, a longing for your kingdom, and a longing for a day when all things will be made new. We thank you and we praise you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everyone on Zoom said, amen, amen. Well, it was a few years back. I was living in the Bay Area of Chicago. I was an associate pastor at a church and I had a meeting with my lead pastor where I found out that I had lost my job. Anybody ever been in that situation? Uh, I, I loved my position. I loved the people, but they'd simply had uh, budget cuts. And so I uh, had to move from the Bay Area in California all the way back to Chicago uh, to move in with my brother, David. And I don't know if you have ever had to live with a sibling as adults, uh, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell you to do that. It, it's difficult, all right? <laughs> and, and so while I was in Chicago, I thought it would be like a month or two. I was pretty naive to how long it would take me to get a job. And it was just month after month after month. I was filling out applications for all kinds of jobs. And finally, uh, after months of waiting, it seemed like there was a job that might work. It was a church in Minneapolis that was looking for a worship leader. And, uh, you know, I wasn't necessarily wanting to be a worship leader, but it was something I could do. So I filled out the application, right? And then uh, from there, I got an over-the-phone interview, and that seemed to go well, right? Then from the over-the-phone interview, we did the Zoom interview, and, and that seemed to go well with right, more of their staff. And then they flew me out from Chicago to Minneapolis uh, to, to join the church on a Sunday morning to hang out afterwards. And, and, and in the midst of all this, if you've ever been in this process, I was, I was starting to get excited, right? I was longing for this job. I was envisioning my life in Minneapolis. I have family there. I, I, I was starting to get excited, right? Until one day, after all of this, the pastor calls me to tell me that they were going in a different direction. Everything within me in that moment just wanted a job. <laughs> I, you know, I was just tired of struggling. I was tired of this season in my life. And, and just overall, it was difficult. And just when I thought things were finally going to change, in one phone call, I found myself right back where I started. You ever been in a situation where you were waiting for something, church, longing for something. Maybe you're here this morning and you were like me, you were waiting for a new job. Maybe you were waiting for retirement. Perhaps you're waiting and longing for that next step in a relationship. And somewhere along the journey, you find out 
that this whole time, this thing you had been waiting for wasn't going to happen. It seems like it was all in vain. You, you ever been there? You, you were waiting for the engagement and, and then he calls and says, we need to talk. You were waiting for that promotion and, and they call you to the office and say, there's been some budget cuts. You were longing for a child and they call you to let you know the adoption won't be happening after all. Is there anybody here today who knows what it's like to wait and long for something only to find yourself broken, robbed of your dreams and stripped of all hope? You see, the season of Advent isn't for those of you who have your lives together. The season of Advent is for those who look around themselves and say, I never thought I'd be a single parent. I, I, I never thought I'd be addicted to drugs. I, I, I never thought I would be in line at a food pantry. I, 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 I never thought they would cheat on me. I, I, I never thought I would lose my job. I, I never thought I'd be where I am today. And while some of you are already in that Christmas spirit, I want to let you know that there are others around you who aren't there yet. I don't know about you, but I still need God to show up in some areas of my life. I'm still waiting on God to move on my behalf. And in 2020, especially, I am yearning for the advent of Christ. Advent is the season in which we find Joseph today. Joseph was waiting and longing for this next stage of life. He was going to be married when all of a sudden something unexpected occurs. And this is what it says in verse 18. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law. He did not want to expose her to public disgrace, but he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So if you're like me, when you first hear this passage, it may seem a bit confusing when you read it slowly, because at the start, it says that Mary was pledged to be married. And at the end, it says he's going to divorce her. And so you might wonder, how can you divorce someone you haven't married yet? Well, for Joseph and Mary, marriage was a contractual agreement made by their fathers. It wasn't what you and I think of, uh, you know, one person goes down on bended knee, romance and a ring. Marriage back thousands of years ago in this day was very practical. So in this culture, and time, engagement was more so simply the first stage of marriage, which was then completed months later at the formal wedding ceremony. 
So I, I say that because I want you to understand, church, is that when it says Joseph and Mary are engaged, it's way more serious than our engagements, right? People, you all know friends who broke off their engagements. That happens all the time here. But for Mary and Joseph, for all practical purposes, they were already married. Think about it. The families had met. The, the contracts had been signed. They, they just hadn't done the final ceremony. And if you're Joseph, you're already basically married except for a ceremony. You know, I, I wasn't there, but I'm guessing Joseph was excited to finally be with his wife. I, I'd imagine that Joseph had been up late dreaming about their future together, dreaming about one day having children, dreaming about what life would look like. And as he waits and he longs to be with his wife, Mary, one day out of nowhere, Mary comes up to him and tells him that she's pregnant. Can you imagine that conversation? <laughs> you know, I, I, I wasn't there, but I imagine Mary's like, uh, so uh, <laughs> I have something to tell you. Um, I'm pregnant. And, and you can imagine Joseph's like, oh, really? Yeah, well, uh, see, what happened was an angel came. Uh-huh. And the angel told me, I'm pregnant. Uh-huh. And the Holy Spirit did it. Uh-huh. You know, church, can you imagine? I don't know how it all went down, but I'm sure it didn't go well. Because scripture says that after she told him all this, Joseph made plans to divorce her quietly. Now, I'm having fun with the story, but in real reality... This news very well could have been one of the worst days of Joseph's life. Imagine you've been making plans for this ceremony. Your entire family's involved. And now you have to tell your family and friends that the marriage isn't happening. You have to let them know that Mary is pregnant with another man's baby. You see, this isn't just a personal breakup. This will bring shame on the entire family. When it says Joseph is going to divorce her quietly, it doesn't mean that no one will know about it. It means that he's not going to publicly stone her as the law would have permitted in that day. Joseph here, church, is in one of the darkest moments of his life. And I'd imagine there were times where he cried out to God, Lord, how did this happen? God, why did she have to cheat on me? God, what am I going to do? As I was working on this sermon, one of my best friends uh, called me from Chicago and told me that he had just broken up with his girlfriend. Now, what you need to know is that he'd been dating this girl for months and throughout the entire relationship, it was clear to me and to him that he wasn't viewing this as a long-term situation. And for months, he had been complaining to me about how he needed to break up with her, but he felt bad, so he didn't want to do it. And you can imagine, I'm like, dude, 
it's worse to keep it going just because you feel bad for breaking it off, right? And this was going on for months and months until my friend Monica and I were able to get him to see a therapist. And after his second conversation with the therapist, he finally went and broke it off with this girl. And so here I am sitting on the phone with him and it's all the usual feelings after a breakup, right? Just feeling terrible. He misses her. He's just super sad. And what I love about Advent is that it is a season that can hold those kinds of feelings. It can hold the sorrow of my friend after a breakup. It's a season that can hold Joseph as he prepares to divorce his wife. Church, it's a season that can hold whatever you're going through this morning. And I want to let you know over these next few weeks, as we journey together and we wait and we long for the coming of Christ, that God knows the desires of your heart. God knows you're longing for a partner. God knows you need a friend. God knows you're in need of a paycheck. God knows your struggles with your child. God sees every circumstance in your life. And in this season of Advent, I want to let you know that it is okay to admit that you need help. It's okay to acknowledge the pain. It's normal to have longings and desires in your heart. And if I could ask you just one question this morning, Access Covenant Church, it would be this. What are you longing for? What are you longing for? In other words, where are the areas of your life where you need Christ to show up? Back when I found out I didn't get that job in Minneapolis, I remember getting off work at the toy store I was working at. And it was late and I was tired. And I remember on my way home, I picked up some Popeyes because it was one of them kind of nights. <laughs> and I'm sitting in my brother's couch by myself eating fried chicken, watching one of my favorite Netflix shows, Midnight Diner Tokyo Stories. And I'm sitting there eating fried chicken, watching Netflix by myself in the dark. And I remember sitting there like, well, I guess this is my life now. <laughs> you ever been there? I mean, I was just feeling sad. And it was the very next week that I received an email from a superintendent named Greg Yee, who told me about a small church in Portland that needed a lead pastor. And I remember reading about the church in the first email and feeling this overwhelming sense of call in a way I hadn't felt about any of my previous positions. And if you haven't figured it out yet, I'm talking about Portland Covenant Church. 
And as I look back now, I can see that when I didn't get the job in Minneapolis, when I was feeling like my circumstances couldn't get any worse, even though I couldn't see it yet, God was closing one door in order to open another. And what I thought was a failure was actually a blessing. The very thing that I thought might have caused me to curse God is now the reason I thank God. And I tell that story because sometimes we're waiting and we're longing for our circumstances to change. We, we pray for God to change our situation. And, and sometimes God will do that. And, and sometimes God will work a miracle. But most times what needs to change isn't your circumstances. It's not your situation. Sometimes the thing that needs to change is your perspective. Joseph is preparing to divorce his wife. He he can't believe the circumstances God has put him in. And I'm sure Joseph complained and, and cried over his situation and mourned over the loss of his future life with Mary. Yet something happens. In verse 20, it says this, after he considered all of this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. Here's what I need you to see, church. The very thing that had caused Joseph so much pain has now turned into a blessing. Meaning God didn't change the circumstances. God didn't change the situation. God changed Joseph's perspective. Isn't it funny how one interaction with the divine can change your entire outlook on life? How, how one message from God can move you from despair to joy. This is what I love about praise and worship church. It's why I love our Thanksgiving and pie service because praise and worship takes me out of whatever situation I'm in and puts my life in perspective. Amen. You, you see, some people can't praise God because they're too busy cursing their situation. They're too busy cursing their circumstances. But when I take a moment to show some gratitude, when I choose to thank God, something within me begins to change. Something within me reminds me of God's faithfulness. Amen. Something reminds me of God's presence in my life. You see, it's hard to praise God and be paralyzed in a problem. It's hard to praise God and not 
have your perspective changed in that moment because when I praise God, I release what I've been holding on to. Amen, somebody. When I praise God, I bind up what's been binding me. And I don't know who needs to hear it this morning, but some of you have been waiting on God to change your circumstances waiting on God to fix your marriage, waiting on God to take away the pain when all the while God has been waiting on you. Sometimes, church, it's not your situation that needs to change. Sometimes it's your perspective. Let me tell you something, church. God can take what you thought was a curse and turn it into a blessing. Let me give you an example. God I don't know why I'm at the food pantry having to get groceries here with a moment of worship turns into God. Thank you for being a provider. God, I don't know if I can handle my child any longer with a moment of Thanksgiving turns into thank you for a healthy child. God, I don't like the way I look, suddenly turns into I and fearfully and wonderfully made. Am I the only one here on Zoom this morning who knows that God can take the worst day of your life and turn it into a blessing? God can take what you thought was death and turn it into resurrection. Oh, is there anyone here that can praise God in the midst of your circumstances? Is there anyone here who can worship while you wait? Is there anyone at access who can testify to the goodness of our God? Oh, church, sometimes you can't just nod your head and agree on Zoom. Sometimes you got to clap your hands. Sometimes you have to say amen. Sometimes you have to give God praise. Come on, church. Sometimes you got to say thank you. Thank you for loving me when I didn't love myself Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for your kindness. Oh God, we worship you this morning. We praise you on today. We magnify your name. You are worthy, Lord, no matter what I'm waiting for. You are worthy no matter what I'm longing for. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. God will change your perspective. Turn to somebody and say, it's changing time. It's changing time. I know some of you don't have anybody next to you, but just fake it. God, it's, it's changing time. God will change your perspective. Our passage ends today by saying this in verse 22. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. As I close today, I want to acknowledge that even if God changes your perspective, it doesn't mean it's not hard. Doesn't mean that it's not painful. But the good news this morning 
And the good news of Advent is that we worship Emmanuel, God with us. That means no matter what you're going through, God is with you. And as you grow in your faith, as you mature in your walk with God, what you find is that you'll be able to hold both the good and the bad at the same time. But it doesn't make the waiting any easier. You know, I would guess that one day that friend of mine in Chicago will realize he made the right decision in breaking up with his girlfriend. And one day he might be able to celebrate something new and exciting in his life. One day it it might be Christmas again. But for right now, in this moment, He needs a friend who will sit and wait with him. Access Covenant Church in this season of Advent, it is good to know that we serve a God who is more than willing to be that friend. That friend who welcomes us to the table no matter what life has brought our way. The friend who sits with us in the longing and patiently waits in darkness for a new light to come. Church, wherever you're at, would you bow your heads, close your eyes and pray with me? Creator God, I thank you for every person on Zoom right now. Lord, we all are holding something. We all have something right now that we are waiting for, that we are longing for. And so, God, as we wait and as we long, I pray that you would, for some of us, simply help us to change our perspective. Help us to focus on you and remember and and give thanks for what we do have. Give thanks for those things that you have blessed us with and, and give thanks for your faithfulness in our lives. And yet, God, in the midst of giving thanks, Lord, I want to acknowledge those here today who who are really hurting this holiday season. They are desperately needing you to show up in their lives. And so, God, I pray as they wait, as they long for your abundance, for your healing, for your miraculous work, for your guidance in their life. Lord, as they wait, God, I pray that they would know Emmanuel, God with us. So, Lord, I pray for peace. I pray for a sense of calm. Lord, I pray right now that you would release people from anxiety, release people from stress right now, God. Release people from the things they are holding so closely they haven't told anybody about, God. I pray that they would release it to you right now, God.
we surrender all we have this Advent season. And we thank you for what you are about to do. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, Amen.